Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Canal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Hey, crazy birds. I hope you guys are doing well today. I've got a really exciting episode for you. An amazing guest. He is the CEO and the founder of My Farm. He's also a fifth generation farmer with an educational background in the engineering sector. He founded My Farm using the low tech and new tech to optimize the organic food production safely. He's currently working on circular systems, which is key to reach the food security goals that they have set in the UAE. One of his key priorities is growing plants, fruits, and vegetables in a forest soil without disturbing the ecosystem. During this episode, we look at the importance of soil and compost for growing quality food, the process of the seeds collecting by my farm, as well as the importance of including the community. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Aisawi Mohammed. Welcome. How are you, Mariska? I'm doing very well. It's so amazing to actually talk to you. Mohammed, how did your sustainable journey actually start? It's in my blood. It's in my DNA. I, I grew up in a farm in the south of France. Then I was engineer. So I grew up in this kind of things where you have to do everything with your hands and when I reached Dubai, when I came to Dubai, I was like, everything is uh, wonderful, perfect in Dubai. If you have the best buildings, the best villas, the best uh, cars, everything. But when times come to food, uh, everybody complain about the, the quality of the food. So this is how I went to, to farming here in Dubai. Okay. And how many years have you been living in the UAE? In the UAE now, four years. Oh, wow. Okay. And before that, you were in France. And also, how did you, obviously, you, you've been passionate about farming. And, but what was that? Was there one thing that made you decide, okay, you know what, this is it. This is why I'm going to farm and why I'm going to produce amazing food. Was there, was there like a turning point or did it just kind of all came organically and that's kind of how it happened? <laughs> I was studying engineering in France. Then I was engineer and working in a lab in a, in a, for a big company and with so many different customers. And I had to work for medical, for energy, for so many kind of things, but still in the laboratory. So it was very, uh, very hard for me. I loved what I was doing, but I enjoyed it, to be honest. But the, at the same time, I felt like it was not my place. I was very happy to, to go out and to work outside and sit and stay in the in the lab in the office 12 hours after a few times was uh, very very boring for me so when i start to do farming in france i did it in uh, on my own land and it was a kind of uh, very strange energy very special 
you're very proud of yourself and I know that you you felt that uh, <laughs> recently. Oh, anyone that has ever grown tomatoes must feel that passion, <laughs> I'm sure about that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So even if it's one, it's not about the cost, it's not about the time, it's about that you, you managed to do something. And uh, that's it. Then I was like, when I came to UAE, at the beginning, I, I understood that we could do something starting with kids. I was sharing my, my seeds with a few kids in the, in the compound, and they started to plant, and it was a success. So then I understood that if few kids with few knowledges managed to produce few cucumbers, we can do it an, in, an higher, in a higher level and produce something like uh, with amazing quality locally in the desert. Yeah, because that's the thing. For people that have not lived in the UAE, when we were living there, and we were living there for about six, six or seven years, <laughs> you kind of get disconnected with seasons and what is in season. You know, like now that we're back in Australia and I want to make a salad that's got pear in and I go to the store and they're like, oh, pears aren't in season now. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? Like in Dubai, you can get pears all year round. You can get anything all year round. And that again, because it gets imported from all over, the quality is not as best. And you do struggle to find organic stuff that is in season and that tastes amazing. So that for me was really great when I discovered your farm and obviously the, the produce that you were doing. It was just some great discovery. But what what kind of made you want to start to grow organic food in the UAE, in the desert, where everything's hard to grow? Yes, because as you said, that everything is important here. And when you can have everything in Dubai, but the quality of this food is very, is very low because everything is important. And even if you take the best tomato and you put it, you keep it in the fridge, you transport after a few days, you will lose a lot of vitamins, all the, the, the minerals, you, it's going down. So finally, you will lose also as well the flavors and the taste is going to die. So I was like, we can't, we, we have this big challenge here uh, locally. And I felt that when you join a community, you have to bring something to do something that people they can do or something not everybody can do. So I felt that that was my value more than anything else. And using my knowledges in, in, in uh, engineering, my roots in farming, I felt that if you combine those two, you can still do traditional farming locally and grow using less energy. So that was um, a kind of challenge at the beginning, but then became true. Now, when you harvest a tomato fresh on the plant, the, the challenge is, and you know that it's not only to not use plastic or to be sustainable in those kind of things we can hear right now, that's also to cut whatever you need and only what you need. For example, if you order one kg of tomato, we are going to cut one kg of tomato for you. And not the opposite, because mostly people, they cut, they keep in the free storage, and then they take time to sell. And of course, they will sell you the first uh, harvest, and it's moving around like this. So you will get maybe organic tomatoes, but they stay in the storage for more than one week, two weeks. So the challenge we want to do more than this is to harvest what you order today. And one hour after your order, 
you will get your delivery. Oh, wow. So it's really, really freshly picked. So obviously for you to have the farm, and I really encourage our crazy birds to actually go on your social media and have a look at the photos and actually see what the farm looks like because it's so interesting to really get to see what you guys are doing. But what was some of those challenges? Because I know you kind of brought seeds from France that you had to harden because obviously seeds that you grow in France is not automatically going to grow in the middle of the desert in the UAE. There's so many challenges. Like, can you talk us through some of the challenges that you had to face to make my farm a reality? Exactly. You are right. And you remember the first uh, trial version we did and you saw it in the first land. We lost a lot, a lot of plant at the beginning. We were planting thousand and thousand plant to manage to keep maybe 300, 200. And those 200 were a success and we managed to multiply the seeds from those. So we tried to do a selection first, not to go directly in the production. And you know me now for three years and three years working on it. It was three years mostly working on the seed production and seed uh, test. You know, if you select a variety which is going to need less water and less soil, you are going to be sustainable. And if you use uh, varieties like GMOs or any varieties adapted to different climates, they will need a lot of fertilizers. They will need a lot of water. So finally, if you calculate it in a big scale, it will use a lot of uh, resources. So we have to do this job before to start the production. That was the first uh, challenge. The second one was to to make people understand that's not easy. And sometimes what gives the soil is not what I, I wish to give more, but sometimes the soil is limited and it will give you this amount and that's it. And we have to accept. Another challenge was also to produce with uh, zero pesticide, even uh, organic pesticide we are not using because even the organic pesticide can kill the, the, the good bugs. And we are not uh, only a food production, we are also, we try to do, to build an ecosystem. And this ecosystem, from this ecosystem, we'll take and get our food, which is totally different. So for example, we protect our plant with uh, ladybugs and we got ladybugs. But if you use a pesticide, organic pesticides on the ladybugs, you are going to kill the good bugs and the bad bugs. Yeah. So that's another challenge. The last big challenge is to work with people. The biggest challenge is to work with humans and we still want more quantities. We want more money and more and more and more. And sometimes we have only to accept. We have to use and build the system, understand the system and use the system. That's it. Make people understand that we can convert the food waste in soil, for example. This is a kind of big challenge. At the beginning, everybody was saying that's uh, crazy. I know that you were doing your compost as well. And those kind of things was kind of revolution three years ago here in UAE. Right now, a lot of people start to do their, their own compost and understand about it. But when we started at the beginning, they were like, what, what are you doing with this? It's going to smell, it's going this. And, but exactly. if you have the knowledge, you can control. You can yeah. control your compost. The last one was work with humans to make them understand, uh, educate the staff as well, because our own staff have to learn about what, we're supposed to do. It's not like farming as conventional farming or chemical farming. So we have some time, for example, the staff, you tell them, they say this is a very bad grass, but if you study about it, it's finally a medicinal plant. 
so you don't have to remove it. That's the kind of challenge to work on it, but it's very interesting to, to do it. Oh, that sounds amazing and so rewarding. And there was a point that you made about the soil and we've spoken about this so much already. You know, the the quality of your soil, that is going to determine what your produce are going to look like. So if you've got bad soil, you're not going to get great plants, unfortunately. So you need to kind of work that in. And even with compost, it's such a hard thing. And if you guys want to grow organic, there might be loads of people that want to give you their compost. But if they're not buying organic food and they might have bought food from like a local store that has all these pesticides that's been used on it. And if you look at those bright, lovely, shiny apples that's whacked so much just to kind of look like that, then you're kind of bringing that in your soil as well. So it is hard, you know, and if you need to build up basically sand from the desert and make it so that you can grow food. So yeah, hats off to you because geez, that was not an easy task. And it's just great to have been actually part of that whole journey and to see that even my little bucket of compost every few weeks definitely made such a difference. And if more people collected that little bucket of compost, I'm sure you your gardens would have flourished already so much more, just again with community. So yeah, so that's that's just amazing. So guys, really do check out with some of the soil stuff. And again, like you've done so many posts as well on social media about soil quality and, you know, some of the photos that you shown of like what some of the soil looked like before and after. It's like, wow, mind blown. <laughs> that's exactly what we are doing at the farm. We select what we call the luxury food waste. We try to select the food waste, which is easy to decompose which is easy to control in the compost. We are not going to put the meat or fish or fish or chicken waste or things like, like that. We are going to use waste, which is very easy. For example, I got a supplier and he was importing avocados. And you, you, you could see that in, the, in, the social, in our social media. People, they shared the, the big dune of uh, avocado. That's also very important to, to know that what happened, the story with those avocados when they came to UAE, they open the container and they have uh, 10-20% waste when they open the containers. So they are almost damaged. So even before to go to the second supplier, so even uh, before to go to Carrefour, for example. So that's very important to rethink again about our process. Even if you don't use 20 tons, bring 15 tons, for example. If you know that 5 tons is going to be wasted, the process are done like that. They will pay the container for the same price. So they make it full and they bring it. So we have to think about all of that. And more than to do compost with it, it was very good for this this supplier when he came back to the farm and he saw they threw one ton, one ton, one ton, one ton, one ton, until 20, more than 20 or 25 tons. But one one time the, the boss, he came to us and he saw the big dune, the big mountain of avocado. And he started to realize the loss for him, but also it's a disaster for the ecosystem, for everything, for everyone. And this time with COVID time, we have people suffer. They can't find food and they don't have salaries. It's a shame to throw food like that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, geez. <laughs> right now, I just heard that yesterday, he started to adapt his production. Oh, that's amazing. So, 
So he start and right now, to be honest, we have no avocados this week. We that's more than one week. We have no 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 waste at the oh, farm. Oh wow, that's that's fantastic that people kind of learn from that. And when you want to buy organic produce, obviously there is an extra price tag. And if anyone wants to complain about that, I urge them this week. If you want to complain about your organic prices being high, go and grow an organic plant. Go and grow it and try to keep it alive for one year. And I promise you, you won't complain again. <laughs> exactly. And you pay expensive, by the way, because you, you pay as well the waste. Yeah. The, the company, they throw, let's say, 20%. But when you, they sell you the 80%, they include the 20% waste. So we pay those avocados at the farm. That just makes it even more important to support local farmers that actually only grow or um, harvest what is needed for the time. So that just makes it so much more important. So we've covered a little bit of the soil and I want to talk about your seeds. So we've we've said some of your seeds coming from France and what seeds is it that you actually use? When I came here to Dubai, I took half of my bag was only the seeds, <laughs> but I keep it like... Um, uh, we, are, we are with my grandfather, uh, mashallah, we have more than uh, 50 cousins. I am only taking care of this heritage. And I took it like that, like a kind of feeling, without to think like uh, I'm going to open a farm or anything like that. I keep it with me and we started the farm with 150 varieties. After more than three years now, because you know Dubai, all the communities are moving around Dubai. People are traveling. And a lot of them are sensitive to what I'm doing. People, they come from Australia, Europe, Japan, US, South America, Africa, and they bring me the seeds from their villages. Oh, so wow. they support the product. That's why we call it my farm, by the way. It's not my personal farm. It's a farm for everyone. And we join and people, they share their heritage. Even seeds, sometimes I don't know even the name. I never saw, I never tested this. And they bring me this and they say, okay, let me know if this one can grow here locally. My community is crazy about this. And we try it. That's what we have done with the Turkish seeds, African seeds, so many different types of seeds, Japan. Right now, we have more than 900 varieties in the bank. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> when you join, when the community join you in a product, took maybe a life for my grandfather to collect 150 varieties uh, wow. during his life. But you see, when you do something, a project like that, and people are sensitive, uh, we go to 900. Oh, wow. So it's, uh, it's amazing. The numbers are not important. That's only like we do, we check in the bank what we do, what we have. But this number is crazy for me. That's yeah, that's like, insane. People oh. su support, support the product. So it's nice. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, you might get some more seeds whenever I come back to <laughs> Dubai once we can travel freely again. And, and we share, exactly, we shared. So we tried to, first thing that we try to adapt the seeds to grow locally, to grow in this uh, desert climate. So we put them in some time in very, very bad condition. I have one corner in the farm and I put a few lines to test when the seeds came from out. And we, we check. We check very simple. We check in not the best condition, but the not not too bad, but something like uh, uh, to check if it's enough, if it's good to use this uh, variety. 
And after one season, two season, three seasons, we start to produce for you. Oh, wow. So sometimes it took, took two years to find, for example, if you share with uh, seeds with us, it will take maybe you will find it in your plate in two years. Oh, wow. So it is a process. I mean, geez, it, it can take some time. So with these seeds, do you actually sell some of your seeds as well for other people to grow? Or is it just more like, you know, the seeds that you guys get, you kind of test it on your farms and check how it goes? So we started this year because now uh, we are going to reach four years working on it. But after that, we have the experience as well about which seed is easy to grow, which seed is not sensitive to disease or, or which one is not going to attract too much bugs, things like that. So, for example, we have 125 varieties of tomatoes. We are going to select the one which are easy and going to satisfy also the, the gardeners, people doing their garden. So we are not going to give you the blue because the tomato is blue and very rare. Uh, the blue, by the way, is not tasty. So we are not going to put it in the bank in the, in the production for us as well. Mm. So we have different steps like that. So first is to test. Second is to develop the seeds. If, if, if it, the variety is good, have to be tasty, have to use less water, less soil. So it's a kind of things when you go up to like that, you manage to reach the production. When we do the production, people, they like it and they ask to produce the same. And on those in the production, we are going to select the varieties which are easy to produce for you. Because our system is, uh, let's say, we try to do something perfect for the plant, for the food production. But we know that in your garden, maybe you are not able to do the same. You are not able to invest the same amount. So what we do, we select the varieties which are easy for you to produce. And we select the variety if we are on the same safety level in our bank. For example, if we have enough seeds for us for two, three seasons, what is up, we share it with you. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And I I think that's obviously a lot of, like, I've tried to grow a lot of stuff in my garden here in Perth, and whew, it's not going great. <laughs> like, the sun is super harsh, but I'm not complaining because you guys have it so much worse, you know, starting out there. But, yeah, it definitely takes time, and I feel just grow something, even if it's just a few herbs or something, just so that you kind of get that connection and see what it actually takes to grow our food. Because I think nowadays we throw food away so easily. And if you know how much energy, how much resources, how much time, how much love has actually gone in, into that produce, you will definitely think twice about throwing stuff away. And also, if you're paying a premium price for organic produce, better use everything because there's no point in throwing stuff away and then complaining about how expensive it is. So yeah, we don't throw stuff away. We literally eat everything that we buy. And that way we kind of save money as well because you don't throw away your food. But you have done a lot in the community. I mean, people that live in the UAE, I'm sure most of them know about you and the work that you've been doing because, you know, you are absolutely so full of passion. And once people get to know you, they can really see that, you know, that you want to produce the best food and that you just want to share that. And you've also been doing some experiences and like workshops at the farm why was it important for you to share that knowledge of actually growing your own food? First, because those knowledges, they came like that to me. So 
with the grandfather farmer. He was sharing with me, by the way, the same, the same, the same way. And this one, don't have to stuck with me. Have to continue and to share with someone, with people. And I believe that um, education is one of my priori priorities because if I keep this for me, it's useless. Who is going to keep this? Who is going to uh, take care of this heritage as well? You know, we struggle a lot. We work very hard. Even sometimes, you know, in Dubai, it's 50, 55 degrees under shade. And if you come to the farm, you will not find the, sh the shade. So it's, <laughs> you, so it's even sometimes 70 degrees. We buy shoes in the evening. The next, next day, they totally melt and they start to sip. The glue start to melt and it's very hard work. If I do that from, for me personally, it's useless. I have to share and show people. And if few, uh, few kids from the next generation understand and take care of this, we did the job. I believe that we did the job, yes. That's something that people need to realize as well, that, you know, we need to leave this behind as well. And it's kind of hard to think about it. You know, one day we're not going to be there anymore. Hundreds of years from now, if, you know, we're doing something right, then it would still be going. Yes, they might have improved some things and have thousands more varieties, but yeah, it's, exactly. it's a principle. Exactly, and that's not... That's not only the heritage of my family. As I said, I told you that uh, we have right now in the bank only a few seeds for, from my family compared to what everybody brings. So that's the heritage of the earth. So I'm not like I'm only protecting this. I try to share with people who understand. If people understand and know how to use and will use it in the right way, it's very easy to share with. But that's my dream. And, you know, we do compost every day. So one day we'll go back to the earth as well. And we have to accept the truth to do right things. Yeah. I believe that our time is limited. Maybe you and me tomorrow, it's finished. I saw so many things in the, in the eyes when kids are enjoying at the farm and they come back to me. They say, Mr. Mohammed, I want to become a farmer. They did more than my day. They did my life, which is uh, special for me. Oh, that's amazing. And for you, Mohammed, it's not just about the education, but it's also about producing this, this amazing food. And if anyone's ever been to the UAE, you would know that there is some really amazing restaurants. You've got some Michelin star chefs there that all has, you know, a restaurant there. Um, so fine dining restaurants in Dubai and the UAE is, is really big. Why was it important for you to actually produce like this highest quality food? I try to build a community around the farm. So education is one part. You and me, we are part of it as well. But we have also people who know how to work with those kind of vegetables, with those kind of fruits, and to give uh, a higher value. Our cost is high locally. So if you want to get the value of those products, you have to give it to someone who know how to prepare it without to without to damage the, the value of this. If you cook something like two, three hours, you will lose all the vitamins, all the minerals. And I have knowledges in my subject, agriculture, farming, energy, mechanics, all those things. That's my things. I was chef, by the way, in France when I was studying in engineering. Wow, I didn't know that. That's something completely new. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it was like, it was, you know, to support the rent was when you have the apartment and the school, the school is free in France, but you still have a high cost. 
because usually you study far from your family. So you have to help. So I was working the weekend in, in the restaurant and I understood only right now that that was an amazing gift. The salary was ridiculous. But right now I understand why I, I was doing that because I, le I learned so much. I can use those knowledges right now at the farm and more than this, understand what my chef's customer need from me. So I work with the chef for that, for I like them to, and as well, they can educate people. They can show because right now the chefs are very famous as well. And even if people, they're not following the farm, they are following the chefs and what they are doing. And when they have to a look, they go back to the farm because it's a link. And when they try, they taste something amazing. They say, oh, and the chefs explain how it's growing as well. Some chefs, they do, they do medicinal juice with our plant. They do to burrata. They do so many things with our fresh product without to damage, without to kill the, the, the product. And they like to explain about, like, they come to us at the farm, they harvest with us, and they, they give love this time. Then they go back to the kitchen and they, they get inspired as well. Wow, and you can really kind of see, see the difference. And some of the restaurants that you guys supply to, I've been to a few of them and also Crazy Birch, you can go and check on social media. Some of the restaurants that, you know, the chefs comes by. But yeah, it's it's really great. And you you definitely taste that difference. Like that's what I feel. I'm That's the story I'm sticking with. You could definitely taste it. It's not just food that you guys do. Gosh, at my farm, like, I don't even know where to start. Like, there's so much that you guys do. And I used to, like, get my milk from you guys because I knew exactly the cow and that the cow was happy. So for me, it was really great actually buying with that in mind. And it wasn't even for me, the milk. It was for my husband. But still struggling, actually, now in Australia where we have so many farmers to buy milk package-free in my own containers. So I do miss you. you do. <laughs> but um, some of the other stuff that you guys also do, and um, I still have a few of your soap left, and I'm, I think I might cry once I run out. So many things that you guys are doing. Can you tell us a little bit more about the whole, whole soap aspect? And also, you've got a lot of people that is helping you with my farm like yeah can you tell us a little bit about that the story about the soap it was we did the soap for us at the beginning when you do your soap you will do a big big quantity so it's still more more than more than what you need so we start to share with few friends and those friends they share they start to speak about this soap and they had eczema they had skin problems they had so many things and it was helping for that the friends of the friends start to ask to uh, buy this soap and so we start to send uh, the soap to the to Dubai laboratory for the test. And we start to share it with people like that. And the idea was to do one of the cheapest but highest quality. So we use the virgin olive oil and no perfume, no colors, no synthetic uh, items. It's virgin olive oil and we infuse with the herbs that we have at the farm. The second step was to use this soap. Uh, when you wash your hand at the farm, because uh, you know that we are producing our seeds, we use a lot of water. But this water can have different cycles. And the first cycle, for we open the tap and you wash the seeds, you can wash your hand, but this water is going back to the trees. 
is going back to the irrigation system. So we had to find, to use this soap, we did this soap also to, to allow you to recycle this water. This water, after to wash your hand, to be honest, it's, uh, it's not bad. Uh, it's not like uh, gray water from the sewage, for, for example. So we can reuse it easily for the trees. So that's, what, that's how we use this soap in link with the farm and, and education as well. And when people use it, they feel like, they say like, okay, uh, why we did this soap? And we try to explain that when you take a shower, you will use 150 liters every day. So 150 liters. And at the farm, we have a special irrigation system, very efficient. And we convert this quantity of liters, this quantity of water with what we can do at the end. To tell you about this, 150 liters, we can give per day 500 plants. Water per day, 500 plants. And usually we have families at the farm. There are minimum two, three, four. So when they are four, they are four, they can do uh, 2,000 plants. So imagine that a normal family can give water to 2,000 plants only if they take a shower. That's a lot. And I mean, for any of the people that like with us that want to try and reuse your water because I mean if you're showering then stuff like that becomes very important to use something that doesn't have harsh chemicals because if you're going to use that on your garden you're going to kill everything if you're going to use this like very commercially bought stuff that is not even good for your hair but you're using it anyway so you're just going to kill everything so that's great to know I um like I didn't know actually that was one of the one of the things I just thought wow this is amazing soap love it can't live without it <laughs> no 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 we we have amazing link and as well the farm is feeding the soap because Sometimes you have very strong plant, medicinal plant, good for skin, and we are going to use it to infuse the olive oil a few days ago. So a few days before to do the soap production, we keep all the herbs infusing the oil, so we have the fresh extract for the, for the skin. So we have, uh, for example, this morning, we had, a, we had a customer with a baby, very sensitive and allergic. They were using chemical soap and the skin was reacting. So now they are using the organic soap and uh, we wanted to do a real organic soap. Our soap is not smelling strong. It's not done for to smell because when you take, when you have a shower, usually when you finish, you will use your perfume. So we don't need the soap to be blue or to smell strong. Or uh, It's a kind of things we have in our mind, but useless. If, if, the, water, if the water is very pre- precious, it's useless. So I tried to rebuild this in the mind and people sometimes they go directly to the soap and try to smell if it's smelling good but we don't need to smell uh, the, 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 with the soap we need to wash our body not the opposite and when you know that the fra- fragrances are made from petrol so are we washing our body or putting waste on it wow yeah that's an interesting way to think about it but yeah oh wow and about the people who move around the farm uh, we had this year amazing people in link with different uh, things. The last one joining the farm is doing bread, an amazing bread. And what I tried to, to do, that's so many people come to me and say, Mohammed, we'd like to help you to do something like maybe to cut, to learn, to do. What I hope that people, they join the farm to bring what they have the best. 
for example, this lady, she came and she's one of the best bakers and, and I grew up in the south of France. So imagine <laughs> if I say that, that the bread is a, is a, a religion in France, you know that? Yeah, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So this lady started to study and work with the plant to use uh, the, the plant infused in the bread, the dried tomatoes in the bread. So it's giving amazing farm bread. Another one is doing medicinal plants. She's doing amazing work using the plant to do some medicinal products to add to your tea, to infuse. To, so, so many people have knowledges. And my dream is to bring people, they have knowledges that I don't have, but they have the best and they bring it to the farm and they connect with the plant. I love that. And all I can say is just go and follow you because I'm learning a lot always. And yeah, it's great to see that whole thing about my farm is coming back and each of these people are experiencing it as they they farm. Yeah. We have even things that uh, I was saying that people connected to the plant, but we did so many shootings as well. So models doing shooting. So in link with the ecosystem, they want to see how the ecosystem can feed so many things, not even only the food production. We can produce a seed, we can produce cotton to, to do our local clothes. Uh, we can create this green atmosphere, which is going to attract the photographer, videographer. So they like to shoot those things. People then bring their ideas around the farm. This is what I, I like. Oh, I love that. And Geez, over the last few years, we've really, like, I've seen my farm grow and expand a lot. From day one. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you guys are really producing such amazing produce. You are really bringing the community together. But what would you say is kind of next for my farm? Because now we did a very small farm and uh, the, the, the cost is still a bit high for me. I try to do something more easy for everybody to to, to buy and I try to develop more in Dubai as well the relation to have maybe small shops left and right to make it like everybody can buy uh, very easily the product so next step is that and to grow the farm to reduce uh, the cost as well so everybody will uh, will be able to join the farm and have uh, organic uh, food very high quality fresh even if they want to have it themselves so we can tell you that was in the fridge it's in the land so you have to, to harvest yourself. So this is what I dream. I dream to do a, a bigger community around this and, and easy access for everyone. I love that. And I mean, people can actually go on your website and you've got all of these like tours and even like you've said that they can literally go and or well come to your farm and harvest their own food and I think that is something that's amazing especially if you've got small children to kind of show them where is that carrot coming from and you know how do we get our capsicum so yes they can view all of that on your website right yes and this is what we want to we want to feed people not only in one way, we want to feed the knowledges as well. And to, you know, the, the kids, when they come to the farm, they go back home and, and some people, they send us pictures, they go back to their room, they play with the animal, farm animals, <laughs> and they have this, uh, it's something that you, you print in their mind. So that's very important for, for, for me. And people, they know that even if it's a little bit more expensive, but it's not, we cannot say that's expensive, but we have a cost to run for that. 
and people they 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 understand that and they support the farm that's uh what i really really do appreciate it i love that so mohammed what has been one of your most important decisions that you've made around mama earth i think there is not it's not one decision it's uh, so many different decisions decision like uh, not use pesticide at all even if we are allowed to use organic pesticides we are not using i believe that the ecosystem have to maintain that the, the farm it took time to do it uh, to be honest the first uh, first uh, months it was very hard to accept to see the vegetables the grasshoppers eating everything and you you have to accept that's it but then you see bugs coming all the bugs because they see it's full of bugs and the good bugs coming to eat those one right now to to be honest we can see the value right now because we have a lot a lot of uh, good bugs protecting the plant and even when you see something coming on you have another one coming to make it balance so uh-huh. it's not pasteurized it's a uh, balance so this plus the water consumption uh, we had uh, we are limited in uh, water so we decided to give one minute irrigation per day one minute irrigation it's very 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 low to be honest if we wanted to do more quantities we should give much more but this is going to in, to affect the, the the taste as well if mm. you give less water you are going to increase the sugar level and the, the tomatoes are extremely tasty mm. we produce less but we have more better quality so this is uh, the kind of decision you can take and so many so many but small things like that joint together Finally, it's coming like uh, it's a big. And now we are going to move into our final five. So the first one is, what is one social media account or publication that you follow? So I'm very passionate about the chefs. I like to follow the the chefs. Um, I would say like Chef Grégoire. Chef Grégoire, he was one of the big chefs of Oceano in Atlantis. He's uh, supporting me, by the way, uh, the same f- from the beginning, like you. Chef Matteo, Matteo Guerra, is one of uh, the head chef of Shuruk. Uh, Shuruk is in Sharjah. So he's doing amazing things. And I, I invite people to, to follow those guys. Chef uh, Matteo is from Italy and Chef Grégoire is from France. Chef Matteo, he did, uh, by the way, one soup with the hay. With hay? Oh, wow. Yes. And he gave it to the top level. Oh, wow. He did a big, yes. (laughs) So for me, you have to be an artist to do things like that. To take something like even the workers at the farm, they were looking at him like, this guy is crazy. What are you going to do with this? And he was doing big buffet for big people. And he fed them with that. And they said, you should add this to the the menu. Oh, wow. Hey, soup. I'm sure no one's going to order that if that's on the menu. Might have to have a fancy name. (laughs) <laughs> really, I, I I I was very surprised. The taste is amazing. Oh wow! And that's why I want to say that those kind of people are genius. They can take very things like nobody care about, even if it's growing at the farm, and they turn it in something very very high. And this is uh, that's why I like to follow those chefs. Uh, the chefs for oh awesome. <laughs> by the way, they in link with uh, they have zero waste. So they use everything, whatever they buy from the farm, they work with everything, even the skin, they will do some flowers with it, they will work on it. 
to turn it to do a soup. So they respect the, 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 the food that we give. That's for me amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. We'll definitely check that out. And what is your hope for Mama Earth going forward? My hope is to, to see the next generation to understand and take care of what we are doing. And what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to actually help out Mama Earth? A lot of people still come to me and saying that they can't grow anything. They still kill the plant. I don't really believe that. I believe that it's like uh, driving. If you have the driving license, you can start to drive. And I believe almost the same. If you learn well farming, it's very easy. And I support people to do it, to learn about farming, to learn how to plant. And even if they can't uh, take time to learn, open your fridge. You will see maybe thousand seeds. And when you cut a fruit or vegetable, take the seed and plant it without, I'm not saying like to prepare the soil or to cost you something. Like we throw thousand, thousand seeds, each family. When you open the fridge, just find, try to find few fruits that you have already. And I'm not asking you to study uh, well if it's the season or not the season. Take those seeds and plant it and see, see what's happened. Oh, I love that. And what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey? For me, it was uh, the story about the soap. When you tell them about the water conception, the, the water quantity and, and this energy, you can turn it in 500 plants per person. People, they jump and they think like they start to see we are still in this world. We are still using drinkable uh, water in our washrooms. And we complained about the water. Water is less now. So this is, I think, one of the big, most important things. Water have to be saved. And where can people find you and my farm? So you can find me on social media. I manage the social media to interact with people directly. So people, they send me questions about gardening, about cooking, about... So all of that, I'm directly connected with the, with the, with the social media and Instagram, my farm Dubai, uh, Facebook, my farm Dubai as well, and the website uh, myfarmdubai.com. The same uh, emails um, uh, myfarmdubai the uh, myfarmdubai at uh, gmail.com. Uh, so you can you can send me a message or I'm still even if I'm not answering I can un I answer in the evening late, but I still try to answer to everybody. Oh, awesome. I love that. And I always have so many questions that's coming your way. I think you will take my farmer's driver's license away because I'm <laughs> killing all of this plants. Like <laughs> it's hard. It's hard growing in Perth. So I have so much respect for you growing in Dubai. And I mean, just me while we were growing in Brisbane, I mean, oh my gosh, you can probably put a tomato seat in the middle of the road and it will flourish. And here it's totally different. Like, you know, if the stuff aren't being burned by the sun, they getting too much water and it's like finding that balance. So hopefully in a few years time, you can come and visit my, my garden and have a look and see how all of your like tips and advice has actually helped to have us a flourishing garden. <laughs> Amazing. And this is, uh, by the way, you are, you are part of this energy as well. When I started, when you start something, when you start a project, you believe on what you are doing. But the most difficult is to have a look around and to see if people react or not. 
and thank you for that. Oh, you're most you, welcome. It's a pleasure. You, you, you kept the door open and support and teach me a lot, by the way, because right now, if my farm Dubai is producing zero waste, zero as much as possible, we go, we go to a 99, 98%. We don't use plastic. We go buy, we give only paper bags. So we reduce, we use uh, reusable plastic boxes. So we reduce as much as possible. We managed to do that today. That's because of you. Oh, thank you. Because at the beginning, I didn't know anything about recycling and, and you pushed me to do it. You asked <laughs> me to recycle. Remember when you came uh, to the farm, you were coming to the farm and, and reusing the bottle. I was like, everybody should do that. <laughs> and that's true. And cost, yeah. cost less for you, cost less for, for the farmer as well. Yeah, you use the same glass bottles and you put them in the dishwasher and that's it. Exactly. And that's very simple. And even if we use paper bags, because people sometimes they don't come to the so those paper bags, we can bring them back in the compost. So we try to reduce as much as possible. And that's uh, thank you for that. Oh, thank you. It's it's amazing to know that it, it really had an impact on you guys. So I'm I'm excited to see what's going to happen and keep on following you guys. And yeah, thank you for the work that you guys are doing. Thanks to you, Mariska. It was, uh, it was amazing support from you from the beginning, day one. And that's a wrap. Huge thank you for our amazing guest for being on the podcast and for sharing their journey with us. You can find the show notes of this episode on the mamaearthtalk.com's website. The biggest thank you goes out to all of you crazy birds for listening to the podcast. If you have not already listened to all of the episodes, you can go back to a few of them. You will absolutely love them. I really enjoyed recording every single one of them. And I really hope that you enjoy listening to them. There's over a hundred episodes. So if you feel a little bit lost on which one to listen to next, maybe select one of the episodes with guests that you might want to know more of and start from there. If you enjoy the episodes, why not tell a friend about the podcast and maybe share an episode with them? Let them know that we are here and we are waiting for them with open arms and they are all very welcome to join the crazy birds globally. If you have a question for me, please send them over. The best place would probably be a DM on Instagram at Design by Mariska or pop me an email at hello at mamaearthtalk.com. If there's a particular guest or topic that you would like to hear on the podcast, let me know. I love to hear from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every second Monday. So make sure to subscribe that you do not miss a thing. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.